1: All right, welcome in everybody to another episode of Locked On Vikings Podcast. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, in the KD Copied off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And if you ever want to email the show, you can do so at On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. And today I want to kind of put a, a wrap on the uh the the postmorteming of the 2020 season we've done a lot of analyzing and a lot of recapping and i I think it's time to Move our eyes forward. You know, the uh, draft, of course, is coming up for agency is coming up. There's a lot of uh, salary cap stuff, of, of course, um, on tomorrow's show. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, formerly over the cap, kind of a cap expert who we had him on last year. If you were around, uh, he is going to help us break down the Vikings cap situation kind of in general. Uh, but also this weekend, I figure I should mention it at some is the Senior Bowl, and it's going to be the the draft process this year has changed a lot. I haven't really addressed it very much um, because it's all been kind of ongoing, but the combine is going to be a lot different. You're not going to get that uh, that magical weekend in Indianapolis where everybody gets together and it's the whole combine. They're going to do a lot of regional combines. They're going to officialize the pro days a little bit. Hopefully we can still get measurements on all of the players from some angle or other. But a lot of it is going to be pro day numbers. And unfortunately, pro day numbers can be a little inflated. So teams might not trust them as much. And so for a team like the Vikings, who I know use those numbers quite a bit in their the construction of their board, they really do work them into that formula. That's going to be an interesting hurdle for them to have to get over. But the senior bowl, which used to be kind of uh, a preliminary is kind of the kickoff of draft season. Everybody goes down to Mobile, Alabama. Players get invited. They do drills. They do team stuff. And you can kind of see them. There's usually a riser and a follower or two that will kind of make their name at the senior bowl. Well, it's a much bigger deal now because there's no combine to overshadow it. Everybody's got their pro days. The senior bowl might be the best chance for some of these players to kind of make a name for themselves. And as I'm recording this, there's only really uh, information from part of day two and day one. But we can at least talk about who's off to a hot start. For example, Levi Onuzurike, who we actually took in Mock Draft Monday in the third round. Uh, he was a 2020 opt-out, and but he had a very good 2019. And again, it's going to be really hard to evaluate all of these kids, especially because you don't have a senior year for them. And so this could have like a disproportionately strong effect on his draft stock. He is like an explosive three technique slash DE type. He could be the Sharif Floyd that the Vikings have been missing since Sharif Floyd had that bad surgery. And he's got that quickness. He was beating up really, really good offensive linemen the whole day. And he sat out day two with an injury. But it might be one of those things. A lot of players have done that at the senior bowl. You have one good day. You showcase all your skills. And then, you know, if you feel a tweak or anything sore, you don't push it or, or you know, jeopardize your chance to participate in future workout programs, you say, shut it down, had a good weekend, y'all saw what I can do. Either way, we should probably update the idea that we had on Monday, which was drafting him in the third round. After a senior bowl like this and considering the lack of opportunities other players would have to kind of match it, his stock probably goes up a lot. and A lot of people have him in their top 50, and that'll probably bear out the way it looks right now. If you're interested in the kind of round three, round four type wide receiver that like, you know, responsibly priced, but role playing kind of guy that would contribute somebody, Josh Palmer out of Tennessee had a really nice first day, a consistent one. um, And and he ran some routes that really popped off the tape and he got quite a bit of buzz. Catch of the day, though, came from Shee Smith out of South Carolina, made a diving grab He pencils in as a little bit more of a slot receiver, which the Vikings don't really need. We'll actually get to that in a second. Um, But, you know, the Vikings have plenty of slot production. So a a Jarius Wright-like slot receiver probably wouldn't be as useful to this team as he was to those Vikings teams. Um, But the idea of a mid-round kind of responsibly priced receiver to take over some of the reps is good. It just would need to be like an outside guy or a burner of some sort. You're looking for a different shape, not necessarily a different size, if that kind of makes sense. But I want to move on to the main topic of today's show, which is let's pull together a to-do list. We did something not too far away from this a couple of weeks ago on a Twitter Tuesday where I asked you, you know, hey, what was the biggest problem with the Vikings in 2020? Now let's talk about the actual solutions. Let's talk about the things the Vikings have to do, and we'll kind of use that as a way to pop into the off next like chapter i guess of the offseason which is now we're going to start talking about the cap and free agency and the things the vikings can do from a team management angle of course we'll have to cover some of the coaching changes whenever that news comes in there on wednesday was a little bit of special teams coordinator movement so maybe we'll see something like that soon but in the meantime, we can kind of assess how much homework the Vikings actually have here. Of course, there are things they have to do in free agency. There are coaching things on the list that are pretty easy. So we'll go over some of the obvious ones. But I also asked you guys, what do you think is on the, uh, on, on the to-do list? I asked you all on Twitter. Thank you, everybody who uh, submitted an answer. So I'm going to read out some of those and we'll go over them for the rest of the show. And if I agree that it is a thing that the Vikings should do, that would make them better. And if so, kind of what are the options there? So let's go over some of the obvious ones, right? The Vikings need to fill their offensive coordinator position. It sounds like the most uh, the, the most commonly pitched option and the, the kind of odds-on betting favorite is that they'll promote Clint Kubiak from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. They'll move Andrew Janoka, who's currently the wide receivers coach, over to quarterbacks coach and do a little shuffle there. That leaves a wide receivers coach opening, which means the next thing is get a wide receivers coach. And it sounds like they've actually been in talks with Robert Prince, who is the wide receivers coach over in Detroit and has done a ton of awesome stuff over over there in Detroit with Marvin Hall and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones having kind of a, a career resurgence after he was like, OK, in Cincinnati. But I think he was just overshadowed by A.J. Green and Mohamed Sanu over there. Um, But either way, right, Marvin Jones kind of turning, realizing his potential as a wide receiver one and all kinds of awesome stuff that has happened over there at the wide receiver position. If Robert, if those rooms are true and Robert Prince comes over, that's pretty awesome. Uh, of course, they need to fill the special teams coordinator role. We'll see what they do with that. And now they need to find a new defensive backs coach. So those will be the things that kind of happen. You would think in the next few weeks or so, we'll cover those when we get to them. Obviously, they need to do all of their draft prep work and figure out how to navigate the draft without uh, the usual bucket of information that they have to go off of. It'll be really interesting to see how they approach that. And then, of course, there are also other roster things that we need to figure out. But I also think there could be things like... Ask the new offensive coordinator, be it Clint Kubiak or somebody else, to maybe go address some of the drop-back passing problems that I pointed out on yesterday's show. Or, uh, you know, maybe go reassess their play calling in total on both sides of the ball in 2020 and see what else they could do. There are some other things we could maybe get into. But first, it is the dead of winter right now, middle of January. And that means you have to take extra good care of your car. Your battery could drain a little bit faster. Things can wear and tear a little bit faster. And if you're not maintaining your car, not only could that get turn into a really expensive repair down the road, but it might rear its ugly head when you're out on the road, and especially in the winter, you definitely don't want to get stranded. So make sure you take care of your car. Stay safe, my beautiful, beautiful babies. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And if you need a little bit of help, you need some supplies, some oil, some windshield wiper fluid, anything you would get at like a brick and mortar auto store. Did you know that those brick and mortar auto stores have different prices for their like walk-in random customers that just go in to buy jumper cables? And, uh, you know, like mechanics and they're kind of more wholesale customers, get a different price rock auto doesn't do that it is the same price for everybody which means you're you're not getting marked up for all like the retail prices so head on over to RockAuto.com to have whatever you want safely shipped right to your door and on checkout in the how you heard about us section let them know that locked on sent you because if you don't i'm gonna have to stand out in the cold myself and let the neighborhood children bet on how long i'll last just to make ends meet Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I also want to talk to you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. They are loaded with protein like 18-19 grams in a 130-calorie bar, all covered in 100% chocolate and coming in delicious flavors like cookies and cream, toffee, almond, coconut if you're into that, raspberry, banana bread is a sneaky good one. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, like I said, high-protein, they have a lot of fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. So if you want to get in on Built Bar for yourself, order a box, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, this show covers the Vikings in as much depth as you could want, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network will have you covered there as well. Locked On Today is hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So let's go into some of the to-do list items that you all said, and I'm not taking these in any particular order. It's just kind of what I ended up copying them. And again, thank you all so much for your submissions. The first one I'm going to read comes from Joe Riley, who just said Larry Ogunjobi. He's the uh, the defensive tackle from Cleveland. And the reason that I uh, brought that one up, so getting a defensive tackle, I absolutely agree. I don't think Shamar Stefan uh, is productive enough. I think he's fine at what they ask him to do, but what they ask him to do is fairly low value. Um, and I think they could probably get a little bit more out of that position if they had a more capable player. Larry Ogan Joby, sure, right? That's fine. Sounds fine to me if the money works out and all that stuff. We'll probably go, I'll probably go more comprehensively into all the free agents at a later date uh, for all the positions and stuff. But uh, I would, I guess, Joe, I would caution you uh, to not get too attached to a singular name. I think we can do that to ourselves sometimes. We'll get really, really into, say, man, I, I really want Shelby Harris and I want Shelby Harris again this uh, this offseason and just kind of like get really into Larry Ogunjobi. He's the guy. Last offseason, I was really into Shelby Harris. They go out and they sign uh, Michael Pierce, who doesn't quite play the same position, doesn't quite address the need in the same way, but was kind of a way of, all right, here we go. We're bolstering our interior and replacing Linval Joseph, etc. Um, I, I was really into, I, I think the Michael Pierce signing was a good idea. Obviously, he opted out, so whatever. But um, I think the Michael Pierce signing will work out very well. I'm still very excited about that. Um, and even though it wasn't the name that I was thinking of in particular, I think you can broaden that and say, listen, if they get Larry Ogunjobi or any three tech that I think is good. I think you can probably get the same amount of satisfaction, but I think there is just like a general thing. NFL teams just have like looked up more guys than you and probably have an opinion on a guy that you haven't thought about that they think will be addressing the need need in the same way that Larry Ogunjobi will. Not that I have any problem with Larry Ogunjobi. It's more of a just like, you know, broaden your horizons. Could be anybody. Uh, BITW says, find an effing returner. I paraphrased for you, buddy. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I I think the Vikings gave up quite a bit in the field position game this year. And, you know, field position, I think in, in in general, is not supposed to be the highest priority, right? A really great way to get out from underfield position problems is to have an offense that can go 90 yards, like look at the Chiefs. But I I think having a better returner for both kicks and punts, that can that value can add up over time. And remember this, this is not a, a list in priority order here, right? You can go get a return. You can get a returner in the fifth round. I think they tried with KJ Osborne. That didn't work very well. I say try it again. There are definitely players who will be on the market who will not be particularly expensive. Guys like Pharaoh Cooper, who was a good returner a couple of years ago. He's kind of fallen off. Uh, you could go with like a legacy thing like Devon Austin. I don't really love that, but you could. Uh, somebody like Khalid Leaf Raymond, who's been, I think, an underrated player for the Titans. Um, I I think you could go in a lot of directions there and go get somebody without breaking the bank or doing anything that the Vikings can't really afford. You can totally avoid that Uh, and maybe go out and get somebody like that in free agency or just, I mean, yeah, grab somebody in the sixth round, throw a sixth rounder at it every year. I don't think that that's... uh, Poor use of resources at all because field position does matter. It doesn't matter more than your quarterback or more than, uh, you know, your offensive scheme does or anything like that. But yeah, that value adds up. And I think it's totally worth spending a little bit of resource on it. In a similar vein, Matthias says, wide receiver three, somebody who can take the top off a defense. A bunch of people said something like this. Um, Yeah, definitely a burner. This is kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning of the show. Give me somebody who plays on the outside. I mean, in like a ridiculous Ridiculously good world. You'd go get Marvin Jones, right? He's if you you can take the wide receiver coach, take the wide receiver with him or Kenny Galladay, either of them, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, go out and get I mean, in a great world. if They had all the money for it. Go get Allen Robinson, right? And how incredible would that be to have Allen Robinson playing on the outside? And then you have Jefferson and Thielen kind of swapping around in the slot. And you could really just make life hell for uh, cornerbacks. Don't go get Aunt Danny Amendola, though. Don't go get, you know, that the, the slot, best slot receiver in the draft or anything like that. You don't necessarily need that. And you don't want to jeopardize slot reps. Slot reps are a thing that are now being distributed between Thielen and Jefferson. I they were kind of switched off last year. I think that has uh, has more to do with the uh the the players that the Vikings went up against. And I don't think adding another person into that equation is particularly efficient. Like it would help some, but it wouldn't help as much as just getting like a good physical outside receiver. Jefferson and Thielen can be that too, uh, but I feel like them in the slot is better and will ultimately lead to more explosive plays. So give me a big physical contested catch guy out there that can be Uh, you know, that can be our Allen Robinson, even if they're only on the field on, you know, 40% of snaps, somebody that can go do that role and go win a contested catch and go be big and physical and beat somebody up on the outside. Now, there's a lot more that the Vikings have to deal with this offseason, but this offseason is going to be absolutely wild. Let's talk about it a little bit. You got Matt Stafford going to another team, Deshaun Watson going to another team, coaches going every which way, the Rams coaching staff being completely poached, college coaches will probably fill in a lot of those spots. You're going to have a crazy wide receiver market. I mean, the wide receiver is just looking at this free agent list, so I could uh, refer to it to the last one. You've got guys like Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, uh, even like John Ross, Will Fuller, Chris Godwin, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, Tim Patrick. It is going to be a fascinating off season, and that means that we can bet on it. The future bets are going to be awesome, and there's only one place that has you covered for those that is betonline.ag. So, if you go to betonline.ag, you can set up an account for free. And if you enter the promo code locked on while you do that, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means you deposit $1,000, you would have $1,500 to play with. So, head on over to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus, and get set up with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Is
0: Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Speaking of all of that interesting news, interesting uh, offensive coordinator stuff going on, head coaching hires, coaching carousel and all that stuff. There is a daily source to get all of that set up as well. The Locked On NFL podcast Thursday. Today is Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs and Christopher Carter of Locked On Steelers talking about all of the midweek storylines going on. Probably talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. You can get all of the expert analysis from Ryan and Chris every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's keep going through some of these uh, to-do list items. One comes from Kyle Slaby. He says, not a top tier need, but hopefully address the depth issues enough to have a few quality special teamers. I understand part of that was the injury issue, forcing rotational level or worse players into starting roles, but someone better than Dan Chisina, please. I mean, Dan Chisina was like plan A, right? Dan Chisina was not something that they did out of necessity it's something that marwan maloof did because he thought he could make the really fast track star good at being a punt gunner he failed at doing that and his contract didn't get renewed um but yeah i i would be su- i mean i don't know dan chisna can come back and if you can learn how to punt gun and like actually pay that off then it's great and whatever happened last year wouldn't matter in that scenario so like sure uh but yeah i think like i i was always in love with like the eric framptons and Heath Farwells of the world i always had such a soft spot for those players i think josh Metellus was really good at that um and i think he can be like worth keeping on the roster as a backup safety and a special teamer for pretty much as long as we want him. However, getting more linebackers in the room, you hopefully you get a guy like Cameron Smith back who had to miss the 2020 season because he had heart surgery. You can maybe keep Todd Davis in the building, keep one more line, one more of those linebackers in the building. I still think you should probably like keep like Blake Lynch in the building, right? I mean, he's under he's on a UDFA contract or a futures deal or whatever that is, uh, so you can keep him in the building if you so choose and see if he can't make the team on special teams. I think he could maybe be a good special Team, or uh, if you know, you actually get a proper offseason to work in, a big problem with the special teams, and a lot of teams dealt with this, and some teams excelled. uh, But a lot of teams are firing their special teams coordinators too. There was so little time to do anything in your offseason programs that you had to dedicate all of it to getting offensive and defensive concepts installed, and there wasn't a lot of time to be able to do any kickoff drills. Um, So they did some drills, but like Dan Chisina made the team only on the basis of drills and with no preseason, like preseason special teams reps are some of the most important reps that happen when it comes to figuring out who's actually going to be good on special teams. Whoever does the drills with, with people, you know, with caps on their helmets and shorts, that can only be so informative. And they had to make decisions based off that information. They did a pretty bad job of it. And I think that's, again, a reason Marwan Malouf uh, didn't get his contract renewed. So I think that, that that is something that hopefully will naturally follow. But I think the linebacker room is definitely the place to focus focus on uh, in terms of bolstering that depth because they lost a lot of linebackers this year. And a lot of those guys aren't going to get another chance. Um, and if you can get, you know, your your Devante Downs type, your, you know, give, give me your seventh round, you know, Anthony Barr, but a seventh rounder, that's this freaky athlete, but has no idea what he's doing and get him in on kickoffs. I always love that draft pick. Ross says, says find a backup QB that doesn't send shivers down your spine at the thought of them starting. Uh, and somebody else said that they thought maybe a Minshew trade would be interesting. I do think that would be interesting uh, in like a Matt Castle fifth rounder for a for a backup quarterback kind of thing I definitely think that would be worth the resources for somebody like Minshew I think Minshew himself probably wants to start so I don't know if that's in the cards Um, but I I see the idea that you're going at there um and I I, is is this a hot take I kind of feel like Sean Mannion has become so hated that he's like actually underrated now like not that he got any better or anything like that but it seems like people see him the way that I see like Kyle Sloter, where he's just like a completely unviable player like I don't know he can limp you through a quarter if you lose uh if, you know, if somebody twists an ankle, if Kirk twists an ankle, he could probably limp you through a quarter and be a game manager just fine. He's not going to be able he, – he isn't a quarterback that you would want for a 16 or, I guess, 17-game season if you know Kirk Cousins tears his ACL or something like that. But if he's in the concussion protocol and you need somebody to limp you through the, the second half – I'm fine with Sean Mannion there, like on the field. Um, Obviously, we've gone over this a whole bunch of times. The reason the Vikings are higher on him than you are is probably because of the effect that he has in the quarterback room. And you can't just make him a coach because it would like be asking him to retire and forfeiting like a lot of money. (laughs) And he just would say like no to that. But on the whole, I don't disagree with you that upgrading a backup quarterback would be a very interesting and smart thing to do. They also aren't looking for an heir apparent to Kirk Cousins. I think to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is 32 and and they want Kirk Cousins to retire a Viking, which sounds wild, right? But I mean, I don't know. They're just going to keep extending him every two years and and work the cap that way. I guess that's the formula they think they're going to be pulling off. But they're not looking for an heir apparent like, uh, you know, the, the Packers are with Aaron Rodgers, who's a lot older, right? So I don't think they're going to like draft a quarterback or anything like that. There's a lot of talk about what if they draft, Trey? they're not going to draft Trey Lance, everybody. But yeah, you go find me a Chase Daniel type or somebody, you know, one of those players that can come in and, and, you know, limp you through the second half. I don't necessarily think you need to spend a whole so much on your insurance policy that if your starting quarterback goes down, you still feel like you'd be a playoff contender. If you have two starting quality quarterbacks, that would be awesome. But I think you'd have to pay so much to get that, that it probably would end up being an inefficient move in too many scenarios. Um, but I think upgrading on Sean Mannion, yeah, sure, I could totally get behind that, go grab some fifth rounder or something. I think it's there's nothing wrong with taking a Nate Stanley every year uh, and spending a low draft pick on just a shot in the dark quarterback, see if maybe you stumble onto something magical. The other thing is you, you need a backup quarterback, period, because Sean Mannion is slated to become a free agent. So you do need to decide, are we bringing him back? And if so, you know, now we're justifying all of the things that he does and doesn't offer. Uh, or are we letting Sean Mannion go and taking another uh, another approach to it? That he's basically going to be on one-year deals every year now, uh, one you know cheap one-year deals. So do you want a cheap backup quarterback that makes Kirk Cousins a little bit better, but doesn't offer you an insurance policy? I do think you can improve on that particular configuration if you can find that guy. So yeah, sure. Seth Mitzel says, sign Shelby Harris. I love it. Uh, sign a veteran guard. Draft Gregory Rousseau. Again, this is the same thing. Don't get like too in, too in love with a particular name. Although I have no problem with Gregory Rousseau at all. I think he'd be a great addition. And drafting an edge rusher in the first round, I think is probably a top three option for me. Um, outside of you know going getting like a, a stunning three technique or something, or go get a safety or something like that. But Gregory Rousseau always seems like one of those players who's on the board that I get really excited about if he's on the board at, at, at fourteen. Uh, sign a veteran guard. Yes, absolutely. I've talked about it before, but I really like the guard market. Um, somebody asked in the mailbag on Tuesday what the guard market was like, and I think it's it's really interesting. Uh, the top level is interesting. You've got Mike Upati, uh Joe Thune, you have uh, Brandon Scherf, you have J.R. Sweezy, John Miller, guys that like were pretty good. Um, but you also have guys underneath that, like John Feliciano, um, D- Denzel Good. I think Joe Haig is really interesting. I think Forrest Lamp is fascinating because most of his problem was a health problem, and he might be a lot cheaper than he is good, which is the right configuration of that. Um, Lane Taylor, if you just want somebody that's like a veteran that'll just like work out. Kelechi Assameli, a lot of people have been really, really into him. I think if the Vikings could make the money and again, fixing the cap is a big part of this that nobody actually submitted, but that is something that we're going to basically spend all week next week talking about and specifically tomorrow as well with Brad Spielberger um, that fixing the cap is a big thing and part of fixing the cap is also make five million so you can make a run at one of these guys. Go grab like Josh Klein or something if, you know, or your Josh Klein equivalent if Josh Klein himself still isn't healthy enough to play or whatever his deal is. Uh go and and get that player and bring them in hopefully on the cheap because a lot of teams will need a guard but not a lot of teams are going to be bringing a lot of chips to this auction and there's a ton of names out there that I think all, all of which are viable names to bring in and improve upon the catastrophe. That was Dakota Dozier. And the last one that I'm going to talk about here comes from Adam Brazil, who says, is it crazy to think the Vikings should consider moving on from Zimmer if the enemy misses out on the Houston gig or another offensive minded coach like Dable? Um, I, yes, I think it is crazy. It's just not the way NFL teams work. Um, a, I don't think NFL teams are going well. We we all want an offensive or a defensive minded head coach. Like, I don't think they categorize it that way. I know there's the whole thing about like, if you have an offensive coach, your defensive coaching staff is always going to be kind of turning over because if they're good, they get poached. And if they're bad, they get fired. Uh, and if you have a defensive coach that happens on the offensive staff and I like get the, like one configuration, there's a little better than the other, like, I guess. But I think in terms of deciding who your head coach should be. Like most of the teams with coaching openings right now are looking for coaches that they think are good at coaching and I think you could probably look at every firing in the NFL history. That coach got fired because of what he did, not because of what they thought someone else could do. That's just not the way the NFL works. And I'd love, you know, the weird hypotheticals of this, and I'm always down to go down that weird, like, hypothetical road and uh, jump into another universe. But I think we can be realistic when we're setting our expectations and understand that the Vikings are not going to behave like no NFL team behaves. That's just not the the, the league speaks a certain language, I guess. You know, I would love for them to trade four first round picks in a, a million thousand. Uh, players and Kirk Cousins for Patrick Mahomes, but that's not going to happen. So I don't think it's worth a lot of energy to speculate about that unless we're just doing it for the crazy fun of it all. But, anyways, tomorrow is going to be the cap day, the kickoff of cap week, I guess, uh, which is going to come up all next week. But tomorrow we're talking to Brad from PFF about the Vikings salary cap and some other stuff that's been going on this week. We will get into all of that. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.